Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations to Inspire. Today, I am sitting here with Alicia Matera, owner of Las Vegas Baby Co. Um, how are you today, Alicia? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk about um, this topic, which you are a professional in, because it's something that I think is so important and um, really valuable for people to know about. So can you start by um, telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. I um, am the mother to four. I always thought I'd wanted four kids, so that turned out. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for, it's going to be 18 years this year, so I've always worked for myself. Um, I've owned Doulas, well, I started off as Doulas of Las Vegas, and now I'm Las Vegas Baby Co., and so we're in our third year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. and um <laughs> He's a musician in town, and we both work for ourselves, and we live a great life. <laughs> That's so awesome. Okay, so um, I want to start this conversation really by um, clearly defining what is a doula, because some people don't know, some people think they know, but they don't quite. Exactly. So I want to um, you just make that really clear before we um, go on. The best way I describe it to parents now is we're kind of like, a motherhood coach if that makes a little more sense um, or what they really get is if I say like a personal trainer like if you were gonna go lose weight or wanted something like that you would hire somebody to kind of guide you through it and coach you through it and uh, be that support person so that is what a doula is so we're kind of like a motherhood coach we um, have experience in pregnancy um, birth postpartum, breastfeeding, and parenthood, motherhood. Um, So we kind of guide you. It's not even a lot about just the birth. There's other parts to it that a lot of people don't realize. And obviously, um, we're just there. I still get questions. Moms will, hey, my kid's sick for the first time. What do I do with this? And obviously, they're way later in motherhood at that point. So we're kind of just that person that... um, is there to support you through this journey of pregnancy through motherhood not just getting caught up in that birth part and we again we postpartum dual is a lot of people don't even know what that is either mm-hmm. um, and we come in after you have the baby and just support you every family is different there too um, and as doulas a lot of people get caught up in um, we only support natural birth. We only um, attend home births. We only do water births. You know, we hear that a lot, but mm-hmm. um, we don't just do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and the doulas that work with me, we mo- mainly attend births in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, some are medicated, some are natural, some are cesarean. It just varies. And really, we're just there to support the mom and the family. Okay. Um, that's what a doula is kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, so it sounds like it's um, their their main role is to support you through kind support of Support and education is a big yeah. part of what we do. Right. Um, of course, comfort measures and like helping with that. But you know, yeah. with even with that, we're encouraging the family to step in and try mm-hmm. and be a part of it too, where right. they might not know what to do. So we're like, hey, come over here, rub here, do these type of things. So we are trying to involve the family, but really the mom and baby are our focus. But Right. Yeah. I actually, um, I'm glad you brought up um, support and education because there was, I learned so much um, during my baby's birth experience and um, I learned a lot through our, our doula and it was 
it was definitely different than I thought it was going to be. It was a great experience overall. And um, I I can, I, I highly recommend everyone have a doula now. Um, if you've had yeah. a doula, most people that have had a doula, they're like, I don't know how people do it without right. one. But people that haven't had one, they don't know what they're missing out on. Really. Exactly. Yeah. So. And that's, yeah. That's what, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation today because I feel like a lot of people are missing out and you um, they don't quite realize the importance and the value that a doula brings. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, now when I talk to everybody, I'm like, are you going to have a doula? I know they're having a baby. I'm like, You're you not? need to have a doula. It's the best thing ever. Um, okay. So you kind of answered my second question, which was um, what the role of a doula is. Um, is there anything that you'd like to add to that? Yes. Question? Doulas have no medical responsibilities. So mm-hmm. a lot of people get us confused with midwives too, and they assume right. that... Um, we step in in place of a doctor or mm-hmm. and there, that is not what we do um mm-hmm. unfortunately there is some doulas out there that take the boundaries a little bit different mm-hmm. um but we really stay in our boundaries and we know what our boundaries are and mm-hmm. that is we don't diagnose we don't do any of that type of stuff if they, if we know of something that's going on we recommend mm-hmm. or you know encourage them to contact a medical provider if there's something right. that they need to do but we are not there we're the education we're the support system that's right. it yeah so it became clear to me that a lot of doulas that while they know a lot of the me- medical terminology and the process they, yes. they, they are still not, um, I guess, qualified to yes. make those kind of decisions mm-hmm. um, or give specific advice when it comes to, to medical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, a lot of them do have that knowledge. So there's well, even our of, doctors in town, they get mm-hmm. confused sometimes right. because they're like, well, why do you need a doula? You have me. And it's, right. they're assuming the midwife role. So see, they need the education too on right. what we actually are, what our role is in the birth Um, experience right Um, but education I can't say enough about that too we've gotten away from childbirth education a lot yeah um, yeah. because people assume if I'm not having a natural birth I don't need any of that stuff and Mm. that's not true either you should have the education going in so you know what's happening to you Mm -hmm. and you can make a decision based on what's happening to you so yeah I teach all of our classes um, because I firmly believe in the education part of it so even if you didn't have a doula you should be taking some type of education Mm-hmm. Because what do you do in your life that you don't prepare for? And this right. is a big deal. Like yeah. giving birth and having a child is a big deal. Yeah. And you need to prepare for that. But a lot of people walk in thinking, oh, I can do this and it's okay. And, like and it's just going to flow. Yes. And the hospital has my best interest. And they, maybe they do. But that is, um, they have a lot different patients going on. There's a lot of right. things that they're doing and they haven't met you before. Right. As a doula, mm-hmm. we have met you before the birth a few times. Right. And we have gotten to know you and what you want and, you know, your family and those yeah. type of things. So, um I hear it all the time. Just having us walk into the room takes the stress level of our clients down yes. because of that familiar face, yes. right? They know us. Yeah. They don't know what nurse they're getting. Their doctor comes in at the end, you know, that kind of stuff. So we can bring a sense of calm mm-hmm. just by being there, just by having our presence there. And they know we have knowledge yeah. in what's happening and stuff like that. Yeah. Just earlier today, actually, I um, listened to um, this this wonderful woman who um, implemented doula services at hospital I think in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. and um, they've been doing that since uh, 2015 and um, she brought up the the, these um, studies that say um, that having a doula present during uh, births um, especially in in a hospital setting because that's where they work um, significantly reduce the amounts of needs for cesarean and for um, NICU um, stays and it just brings um, 
the stress level way down and it facilitates birth and the hospital was seeing those results and you know of course that's great for the hospital as well it's great for the mom it's great for the baby so there's really like i said a lot of value in investing in doulas yes and i understand some nurses and things like that they think well you we have no medical background Mm -hmm. like how can we step into this role if but if they don't fully understand our role once they understand it they we can step in and we do have trainings and i've taken so many trainings i have a degree in science so i do technically know about the body and uh, you know taken multiple anatomy classes but Mm -hmm. i know my role in Mm -hmm. that position i don't step there um however we've tried hospital we do need to get this hospital system on board because Mm -hmm. again we are overflowing with um pregnant people, those Mm -hmm. type of things. And then you have understaffed hospitals that can't give them the care they need. It's not that they don't want to, it's they just can't because they have multiple things going on. We've um, talked to many hospitals in our town Mm -hmm. and um, they're not really on board as we would want them to be, but hopefully Mm -hmm. as time goes on and they see the value in what we do, that will change. Um, Because my goal in my company is I really do want to work at the hospitals. That is my focus, um, working with the medical providers, letting them know what our true role is and that we aren't trying to talk our clients out of anything. We're trying to educate them so they can make a decision based Mm -hmm. on what they know, not what they have been told. Right. Um, And so that's really my focus. Yeah. I I now see that doulas are um, complementary to the hospital staff. It's not whether it's not having one or the other exactly. you you're not replacing anybody you're there to um to work with the hospital right. staff be assisting one of my doulas just attended a birth in la for a friend mm-hmm. and she was like oh my gosh night and day she walked in the nurse was like great the doula's here i can't i can do what i need to do now and right. you do what you need to do and we're all going to be happy right I'm like that's the dream right yes. like we want that every time yeah but um we don't get that all the time yeah. we can walk in and we can you know oh the doula and you know I think a lot of that resistance is again because there's not enough education there's just not enough awareness about what doulas are and and I've tried to go in and I'm still and I will still continue to try to say hey let me Mm -hmm. talk to every whoever will listen here because I can tell you what our true role is and where my company and anyone that comes out of my company will do I can't control what everyone else is doing but I know what I can offer with me and my group of people yeah and I think it's it's especially needed now because um, if you know if you've been paying attention to the news we have a shortage of doctors in the last um, few years that that number has been declining and Nevada is like the top Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, I did not know that that was mm-hmm. a fact. But, um, you know, we have this this shortage so much so that, um, uh, oh, my gosh, what's the school in New York? Like, famous school. <laughs> um, what is it called? The Hopkins no, it's um, NYU, uh, New York University. <laughs> okay, so um, in uh, New York uh, University, NYU has decided to give free medical um, tuition to any med students. So you can actually learn to become a doctor completely free. I mean, wow. this is how bad the shortage is. I, yeah. I think they only announced this last year wow. where they started doing this. But this is how bad the shortage is that now one of the most you know revered schools in the nation is like, hey, come come mm-hmm. to our school and we mm-hmm. will we'll do it for free. We'll give you free tuition because we need doctors so this is you know a career that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're giving it out for free because we need more doctors we need more the article i read about nevada Mm -hmm. was talking about how 
our doctors need to make that OB role more appealing because yes. nobody wants to go into it from the risks and the liability and all mm -hmm. these things that are, and that's been going on for a few years. But like right. I said, there's a, a actual study thing out there that says Nevada is the highest and in within, and most OBs retire by 51, I think the age was. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And so we're not getting people in quick enough for right. the shortage that's about to come here in our state. Right. Um, in the next like five years or something they said because yeah. we don't have enough people going into the programs anymore yeah. and i think we just need more um again information more education yes. about what birth is because the practice of obstetrics only started when in the 40s is the that yeah correct mm -hmm. um I mean, it's very, very recent. And then it and became male-dominated at that time as right. well. Prior to that, there was a lot of home birthing and things like that, more right. natural stuff going on. And then um, it became kind of male-dominant, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. It's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it changed, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it's gotten a lot of let me control the situation. The doctor right. wants to control it and, you know, and which is understandable to a certain level. Mm -hmm. um, they're busy too. They're yeah. overflowing with clients because of the shortage and stuff right. like that. So if they didn't schedule some cesareans and they didn't do certain things, they would never sleep. Right. <laughs> there wouldn't be a life for them at all. So right. I understand that. Do they sometimes schedule some that maybe didn't need to be sure mm -hmm. but that's again the client's choice and right. if the client has that education and is making that decision based off her the education that she knows mm -hmm. then let her do that right. that's her choice she made it but if you're forced into it sometimes that mm -hmm. is where it gets a little different yeah. um for postpartum stuff and things like that yeah. um so again having that doula person there she can help explain okay here's what you have here's what's going on here's mm -hmm. your uh, the risk and benefits about making these choices right? right and what and let her make um a choice that she made it makes just her the outcome of it so much better yeah. instead of being forced into something and if it ended up not being the way they want it again when you're in the moment you're not thinking clearly the birthing mother yeah you have a lot going on and right. same with um the par partner yeah they're in it too yeah. and i always say that like of course we care about our clients and we're there and all of that but we're not as emotionally invested into the moment right. as they are so you can be more clear-headed exactly and help mm -hmm. that and we can hear like you said we have a little knowledge of like medical terms and mm -hmm. things like that so we can hear what's kind of going on and then explain it to mm -hmm. them where the nurse might not like she might but then she might have a patient next door that needs her more yeah. and so there she goes and then the other one's sitting so then we're there to say hey okay here's what she meant by that here's what you know right we, um you can decide to do and we go through the risk benefits things with them right and you know and we obviously people can plan for one thing and birth is very unpredictable and it yeah. can go a whole different way so yeah. that's one thing i'm really big about when i teach my childbirth education is i teach it all if you come to a natural birthing class with me i will talk a lot about that but i'm also going to talk about epidurals mm -hmm. cesareans in case you end up in that position yes. i want you to have knowledge yeah. so you know what's happening to you mm -hmm. and the fear hopefully won't be as intense right because, because that fear can actually um kind of put a hold on your birth yes and it's it a hormone everything. thing mm -hmm. and that's what happens mm -hmm. birth is filled with hormones obviously yeah. and it, the uh, fear creates the fight or flight hormone mm -hmm. and when that kicks in your body will actually shut down because right. if you were running from a tiger mm -hmm. right you're not thinking all these other things about going to the bathroom or you know right. changing positions or doing anything like that you're right. just in fear mode and you're like 
in survivor mode, basically. Yeah. yeah. Trying and to that's just the last survive. Thing you want when you're trying no, to birth. Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah. It will shut it all down. So yeah. again, creating less fear mm-hmm. in birth. And you know, it's still it can be a fearful thing no matter right. I mean I have four kids like I said and I have my oldest is 23 my youngest is six mm-hmm. um even mm-hmm. having my youngest after being in that position so many times there's fear mm-hmm. like what's this labor going to be like am I going to know there's still all of that going on no matter right. how many times you've given birth it doesn't mean like oh you're a professional because you've done it so many times that now you can just do it this way right they're all different um Usually first baby's longer, right? Mm-hmm. That's the longest one, usually. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Uh, second one kind of comes quick. I've seen the third ones kind of hang out for a little while, and mm-hmm. that happened in my case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just don't know. So if you have the knowledge um, to get rid of some of that fear, it's going to be very ben- beneficial in labor because you'll keep those nice hormones flowing, and that's what we want to happen. Right. Yeah, I want to touch on the point where you said where, um, you know, sometimes doctors try to control the, the, the birth. Um, and, you know, for many reasons, it's not necessarily yes. that they're just controlling people. It's just sometimes, you know, um, hospital administration kind of gets in the way. Of course. And they have their own it's policies. a lot of that. It's yes. a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of that, too. Um and even if even you know mothers that try to control their own births sometimes most of the time i feel like you're not going to be able to control anything birth no. is wildly yes. erotic it's yes. all over the place uh-huh. and like you said with every child it can be completely different mm-hmm. so there really is no controlling it and when you learn that about birth especially going through it you're you know there's no convincing me otherwise birth is completely wild and you know erratic mm-hmm. so to to um think that okay i'm going to schedule this you know my my birth for this day and we're going to do it like this and it's going to go exactly according to plan that's the silliest thing i really, really when think i meet of. with people i'm like are you for a natural are you trying you know and are you just going with the flow right. <laughs> that's what i always say and they'll say i think i'm going to go with the flow and i love that answer because right. that's really where you need to be mm-hmm. that's where your head needs to be but yeah. still in it understanding what's happening but right. kind of accepting the process mm-hmm. wherever it takes you right. is going to help the process right it really does and then yeah. again things change you know maybe you haven't slept for two days before you went into labor and you thought you were going to just run into this and run the whole thing yeah but you're exhausted yeah. because you haven't slept so <laughs> yeah. you know I've had we just had someone recently that was sick got the flu oh, and wow. went into labor oh, right no. yeah oh my the gosh. worst right yeah um that poor woman. so exactly so you don't know yeah. and then what do you do in that moment if you were like I have zero energy mm-hmm. I'm I have the flu I'm puking I mean there's oh. a lot of things going on right now yeah so obviously maybe you were going to want the pain medication to help you relax a little bit where maybe you thought you weren't going to get it but now something changed and you needed to do that I tell people all the time I've had four natural births Mm -hmm. however they were very short births Mm -hmm. labors and births so that makes a difference you know if they were 20 hour labors would mm-hmm. i have had a natural birth i don't know right because you're exhausted and you yeah. know those type of things happen and it's just such a mixed bag too when it comes to birth like some people like you said you're you know you, you think you're gonna have a natural birth and then you're exhausted and you can't physically like push and your body's so tight yes. from just being yes. exhausted which is what happened to me and mm-hmm. i wasn't able to to um 
give birth the way that I wanted to and I needed to have that pain medication because mm-hmm. um, I was closing in on like 30 hours of labor and yeah. um, you know it didn't go according to plan um, luckily I was like okay and I was open to mm-hmm. all the possibilities and I had a support supportive um, team but um, you know sometimes people they they can push through that and they can rally and they can do a natural birth even after 30 hours mm-hmm. some women you know can't do um, their uh, labor well, so intense they can't even do a short labor so yes, they need to exactly go to the yeah and some women it works out where they can plan the cesarean and mm-hmm. it goes according to plan and everything's like you know well, see the thing I've learned about um birth and things is if you have a natural birth you don't win an award and if you have a cesarean that doesn't make you bad right kind of right. a thing there's mm-hmm. no, no no matter what right. you've given birth to a child however right. that was and for some women having a cesarean is the best way for them yes mentally yes there's things that are go on in birth yes that could bring up traumas from their past right. that right. can change the whole process and actually make it more traumatic right so if going in and having that cesarean is not going to make it as traumatic for them great right. I am supportive of that a hundred percent because right. I have seen what feeling like a failure in birth has done to women oh, yeah. and it's the last it, thing you want no and it yeah. mentally messes with their head mm-hmm. and I don't agree with that at all again no one's winning a prize here the prize is your baby you right. are still having that baby and right. you know you're becoming a mother right. um to that child right that's all that matters. Right. None of having the other yeah. parts means anything. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way no. really to do it. It's just what's best for the mother. The society and the gets very caught up in, I believe in only this and I believe right. in this. And of course, birth is a natural process. Mm-hmm. I get that. Right. But you have to take in lots of other factors. Yeah. There's so many other parts to it yeah. that i Yeah, and sometimes if you have complications early on, maybe a cesarean is the best thing for mm-hmm. you, and you should be open to that as mm-hmm. well, you know, so and not I'm really feel like, glad you like you um, made a bad decision. Right. Like, you don't want to talk about it to your right. friends because they all think this way or this, you know, that's yeah. not how it should be. Yeah, and sometimes we think as women, it's our, our job, like we're born with this job of like giving birth to yes. babies, so we're going to be rock stars and we're just going to know exactly what to yeah. do, and our body's going to to just do its thing naturally that's not how it works sometimes Mm-mm. like that, that that just doesn't happen sometimes no and I've learned that over the 10 years I've been doing this yeah. and just what I've seen and you know heard and that kind of stuff so and I as a woman too that makes you feel like a failure because you're yes. like okay I was born with yes. this body that's supposed to birth babies why is it not doing its mm-hmm. job like what's mm-hmm. wrong with me right and then you come and there's like, nothing wrong with you it's not that exactly and and, that, and it could be baby's position yeah. is not cur- i mean there's so and it could be only, the structure of your pelvis exactly like, there's so many so many things. factors right. you know that doesn't mean like i just get pregnant i just have a birth like right. there it doesn't flow like that all the time right. it can yeah of course and but that feeling like a failure especially if you have everybody else um telling you like this is what you should be doing if you're not doing mm-hmm. this like your baby's gonna like suffer or x y and z is gonna happen and it's not good um having all those everybody's pressure on you mm-hmm. only adds to more, more postpartum yes. depression <laughs> i agree and then, then really the person that suffers the most though is your baby because a lot of women end up having you know this fear that they might harm their baby and then when you give birth if you fall into postpartum depression which most women do experience that at some point or another yes. to varying degrees yes. that is a real threat to, to baby and yeah the bonding that. all of yeah. that stuff is yeah and it's really important in those early days right mm-hmm. so right. again like if somebody comes to me and they're like uh, you know plans cesarean great let's mm-hmm. talk about getting that skin to skin time after yeah. and building that bonding parts, you know, there's, you know, I encourage them in other ways to do other things mm-hmm. um, that they can still feel like, okay, I'm this, I didn't 
have this whole experience taken from me or whatever they're thinking, mm-hmm. um, even though they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always talk about the the benefits of, you know, also, but I talk about the risks too. So having a cesarean, yes, can cause some different things for the baby. Sometimes they end up NICU stays, you know, fluid in their lungs is a very common one just because right. of that squeezing process of right. giving birth, yeah. you know, when those, so I, I, prepare them for that too. Hey, just so you know, they might need a little extra suctioning. They might have to go to the NICU for a minute. You know, dad can do skin to skin while you're getting a repair. You know, I I give them all those tools too. So they feel like, okay, it's not just this. I had a cesarean and you know, I still got what I wanted out of it after. And it is really important mental health in motherhood. We're learning more and everything's coming out more about that now. Um, I've been the volunteer for Postpartum Support International here in Vegas for almost two years. Mm -hmm. So I get calls from moms that are suffering. And like you said, there is a a variety Mm -hmm. of, it's it's not just I don't have anything or I have postpartum depression. You know, we only talk about that, but there's a lot of parts in between Mm -hmm. um, that I'm realizing. Uh, And so I've again just talking to these parents or the moms and seeing what they went through if what type of birth a lot of times there is some trauma in birth that has caused this and even with a natural birth yeah you know there's trauma with that too if someone has a baby really fast as Mm -hmm. as good as that sounds right it doesn't for some women that might be amazing and great and that's what you want but for some women they feel kind of robbed right of the birth experience well it's just so intense so quick and so it's like it's too much sometimes so that can be very traumatic too you know you go from nothing to a baby in two hours that can be very traumatic so there's a lot of parts to all of this like I said we were getting more into this birth stuff like as a community and a society but there's still so much to learn um, as going into this pregnancy and motherhood thing Mm -hmm. you know it's not just get pregnant have a baby just breastfeed and you're fine go Mm -hmm. on with your life there's so many other parts to that breastfeeding will probably be another topic for a different time but that's another thing we think we just have a baby we just breastfeed and that's and no yeah it doesn't work like that (laughs) no for a lot of people uh, right like that automatically but that's how we think right because that's what society has taught us like that's what's supposed to happen you're supposed to just be able to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and it's simple and then most of your body talking about society and what we see we go to the TV. Mm-hmm. That's where we get a lot of our knowledge and right. stuff, right? And what happens when someone goes into labor on TV? There's a big gush of water. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of screaming and a very intense. You have very, to rush to the hospital yes, immediately. Yes, everyone's freaking out. <laughs> right. So that's all we know. Right. That's all we know. Unless you've done some research mm-hmm. on your own, that's it. Yeah. That's what you that's think That's what happens. I thought it was up yeah. until I got pregnant and I did research and through my pregnancy, I had those nine months to really like mm-hmm. look into this and I thought, oh, well, everything I thought before is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like... I have so many dads say, well, we just wait for the water to break, right? Oh, no. Like, no. <laughs> You're like, no, no, That's no. not what we do. Sometimes it doesn't break. Exactly. At all. So you or have some, to, yeah, it breaks. And sometimes of... it breaks and you don't start having contractions right away either. Right, right. Right? You need those to kick in. Right. Things. So there's different parts, but that's what they see on TV and that's what they assume is going to, they yeah. are waiting for. And then there's all the different stages of labor. So there's just so much, again, education that I feel needs to happen. Yes. And it, it we... And that's, I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. there is stages of labor. There is a process right. to this whole thing. And if you understand that process you know where you are in this labor game right. and you can kind of get your head around it right. a little bit better and understand right. okay 
I'm in early labor. I'm in active labor. Okay, now I'm in transition. And yeah. that, but it's almost over. Yeah, <laughs> and having that, having that understanding of all the, the stages of labor too and, and, um, and knowing and being in tune with what's going on with your body mm-hmm. is really important, I feel, to, to get you into the right headspace and keep you calm and consistent throughout your whole exactly. um, labor and delivery. Right. That's um, my point of telling everybody, if yeah. you have that knowledge, you know, oh yeah, I remember she said this mm-hmm. and this is normal mm-hmm. and I would go through this part or, you right. know, and then it makes them feel safe right because they don't feel like something out of control yeah. is happening and then having the doula there present with you like for me specifically i kind of there were times i was so tired and so exhausted i hadn't slept i hadn't eaten it mm-hmm. was just it was it was getting really bad to, and i ended up um getting to the point where i was kind of um uh going unconscious here and yeah. there and i would pop we call it labor up. land oh, okay. you kind of yeah. go into the yeah. zone right yeah yes. i was um and i don't remember parts of it because i was just so exhausted mm-hmm. but i did ha- but i did feel um still at ease with the fact that my doula was there and she was going to be she was able to talk to my partner and yes. kind of like um uh, kind of fight for us and what we wanted with the hospital mm-hmm. um, because in the beginning it wasn't um, we had like some trouble with the hospital but it all it all worked out so um, I felt calm knowing that even though I was kind of unconscious yeah. that my doula was there and she knew what we wanted right. and she was right. calm and level-headed so again like I can't there, there's just so much that um, a doula brings to the table and to the partner yeah to the he par- feels exactly. more secure yeah too. because they're emotionally invested in you right and, and like, they're concerned yeah right seeing you in that type of pain they have not seen you there yeah. before and so that can bring fear and stuff yeah. to them yeah which changes the environment of it too right, um, right like I said just walking into a hospital brings fear yeah because we go there when there's something wrong when we're sick and really there's nothing wrong when you're right. pregnant you're just going there for the safety of it right. because that's where you feel safest. But it is an unfamiliar environment because yeah. you're not at the hospital every day. No. You're not there often. No. I mean, hopefully you're not there often. <laughs> right. um, and you don't know what the processes are. You don't know mm-hmm. um, the terminology. So there's a lot of unknown. And again, like you said, immediately walking in, that causes tension. Yeah. And that's the last thing you want. No, we don't want any of that. <laughs> okay, so um, we kind of took the conversation. On that really, <laughs> we went really into it real quick. Um, but that's that's amazing. But I want to um, get back a little bit, um, uh, kind of go back a little bit and um, tell people um, a little bit more about you and how you got into doula work. Well, I was telling you the story right before we started, but mm-hmm. it's funny because looking back at my life, I always knew I wanted to work with babies. My aunt was a labor and delivery nurse, and mm-hmm. I was thought, oh my gosh, like that would be the best job ever. But however, I don't want to draw blood. Like I'm very mm-hmm. squeamish on that. So yeah. I'm not anymore so much, but that was my thing. That was in my head. So, um, but I was telling you about the story about being young, like 10, 12 years old, and my mm-hmm. cat. Um, unfortunately we lived like out in the open and she got pregnant a couple of times, but I was like her doula every single time I would sit with her for every baby that came out and, you know, help her and do all the things. So I love that as Mm -hmm. I got a little bit older later in high school, um, I was telling you, this sounds a little weird, but (laughs) I, um, would just go to our local hospitals and just look in the nursery at the babies and just be like, Oh my gosh. And I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Like I said, um, four kids is what I wanted and that's how it worked out uh two boys two girls that worked out too um, there's something there's something so calm about like uh, um, calming about seeing babies right about just like seeing their it's cute just little faces the innocence and, of yeah. it I think you know they're so, so fresh nice. and new and they don't know anything right. <laughs> they don't know what we know in yeah. this world yeah so yes I find that when I see them too it's just so innocent yeah um so then I 
got out of high school and went to beauty school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Total opposite of any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was a few years after I did some odd jobs, and then I went to um, beauty school, and I did that for like ten years. I owned a hair salon, all these things. That's where the entrepreneur part comes in. Mm-hmm. So you know um, how to run a business. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I've gone into different. So after what happened was I got pregnant after mm-hmm. a, 10 years of not being pregnant. Oh. And I moved to a new city in that 10 years and all these mm-hmm. things. So I didn't know who or what OB wise. None of that was going on. So my husband actually came home. He's, a, like I said, a musician. And one of his musician friends mm-hmm. said, we had a home birth. And so he comes to me and says, you know, maybe we should look into this. And I was like, are you nuts? Like, <laughs> what? And But then I did my research. And um, we ended up hiring a midwife and doing a home birth with my third. Um, and I took my first doula training when I was eight months pregnant with her. Wow. And so after I had her and got through some of that, then and I started attending births, um, eventually, like, I, all home births, though. That mm-hmm. was my career in the beginning of right. just that. Um, only time I was in the hospital is if we did a transport. And so I didn't know a whole lot about, you know, what went on in there. Mm-hmm. I was kind of told it was a place we didn't want to be, right? Oh, Doulas wow. don't belong there. And right. that's kind of the concept that I got in the mm-hmm. beginning um, was that we are more supportive, like, pushing for those natural births and things. But then I saw a lot of the thing where I talked about earlier, the trauma coming from that. You know, if they were staying home longer than maybe they should have because Mm -hmm. they felt like, well, I'm going to fail once I get to the hospital. That means I failed. And so I just, I had, there was, I I found a problem with that early on, but I didn't know how to fix it or anything to do about it. So I just said, this is how it goes, right? Right. Um, So I did that for about three or so years and then I got pregnant with my fourth child and I stopped doing the I was high risk at Mm -hmm. that point with her Mm -hmm. um, for age and just some miscarriages and things I had prior to her Mm -hmm. so I was high risk with her so I just bed rest from the very beginning um with tough yeah from yeah six weeks on I was on bed rest until 20 weeks and then they released me off bed rest and she was born at 24 weeks so that brought on another experience that I had never dealt with having a preemie right Right. she weighed one pound 11 ounces she was in the hospital for almost four months um but what happened in that process was I was around the hospital staff right Mm -hmm. so now I'm seeing a whole nother side of things and um she came home and three weeks later I started college uh 40 years old and I was like fine now I'm gonna go be the nurse that I talked about being way back in my young years yeah so that's what I was gonna do and I was like you know what and I'm gonna be that nurse it's gonna be so supportive of those birth plans and all the things that come with that um so I went to school full-time for three years got all the way to the all my prereqs out of the way ready to get into the nursing program and then I realized more doulas were popping up and they were talking about how we could charge money because that's another thing people assume that um, we can't really make a living off of this Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't charge because it's hard work right Mm -hmm. and that type of thing and it is to a certain extent but I should be paid still Right. And so there was... It's a real job. Yes. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how anybody... And, and, but back when paid. I was in it before, I didn't get that out of it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you just do it because you're helping women and you want to... And I get that right. 100%. Mm-hmm. 
but I wanted to make a living doing it. Yeah. So I thought the only way to do that was to go to school to be a nurse, and then I could work in the hospital with in la- labor and delivery, mm-hmm. and then I could help the moms and make money, right? right. So that was how I really thought. Um, but then I started realizing, oh, these more doula agencies are opening and different things. So, okay, maybe, you know, that's exactly what I wanted. I remember the day I came home to my husband, I said, guess what? I don't think I'm going to nursing school now. I think I'm going to open this doula business. And Mm -hmm. he was like, okay. So that's what I did. And within, I don't know, six months Mm -hmm. from my time I made that decision, I had opened doulas of Las Vegas. And um, like I said, that was in October. That's a fast turnaround. Uh And a lot of people say to me, wow, you've done a lot in a short amount of time, but this has been in my head Mm -hmm. for so many years. I knew what I wanted. I just didn't know that I could take it to this level because I had been told differently. So once I knew I could, it was on, right? I was like, oh, I have all these ideas. I'm going to do all these things, right? Right. And that's why I've done a lot in the few years I've been in business is because I've been planning for this. I, um, there was a point a couple years after we had our first, the home birth, I was looking into organ and organ is like midwife doula central, right? Right. And they have music. So my husband, I was like, look, we're going to move to organ. And that's what we're, so we really were, uh, in that process of when I quit doing hair, had the baby, I opened a baby store after that, mm-hmm. um, and it was called The Wild Child. And I had this idea that I was going to bring pregnant people to me, right? And then I'm going to say, hey, I can be your doula, and that's how that was going to flow. Right. Well, then we decided to go visit Oregon, and we are like, we're moving to Oregon. Mm-hmm. So we sold everything. We sold our baby store. We did all the things, and then right. we never left. So I'm still here. <laughs> so I, I'm so glad you decided to stay here, though, because I feel like we need your yes, services yes, here. We're, yes. we're very much lacking oh, in, very much. In, in doulas and midwives and, yes. and education. It's growing. I have yeah. to say, just in the 10 years I've been in it, in the last probably two years I've seen a huge change Mm -hmm. more doulas um just more agencies open whatever in our town there's a lot more going on than there has been so I feel like still not enough but you're totally right right. there's definitely been and it's a hard career it really is a hard career because we're on call yeah it's very emotional Mm -hmm. for us too you know Mm -hmm. again I said we're not emotionally invested but we are Mm -hmm. I mean we're gonna stand straight faced with you but that doesn't mean we don't leave if something has gone not planned or things like that that we don't take it home with us of course we do and we have all that part of it too Mm -hmm. but being on call is very hard Mm -hmm. um and that's again why we charge a fee because you know and because we can only take so many clients too we can't overload ourselves because we want to give that quality care Mm -hmm. so we need to charge a fee that we feel is good to make a living mm-hmm. um, and support our families and still do the work that we love and do it well. Right. So I feel like in that aspect, you're you're very much like um, doctors, except that you don't give the medical advice. Right. But you are on call. Yes. It's very emotionally draining mm-hmm. because you get to know these, these these women and their babies, you know, mm-hmm. before they give birth, after they give birth, and you're there for the support throughout the whole journey, and it, it's a lot, you yeah. know. And I'm sure. And if it doesn't go as planned. Of course, we carry a little burden on mm-hmm. that, right? Just because we want the best for them. We right. want them to get that birth they want. Right. So, we're, of course, we're going to find the alternatives to help mm-hmm. make the experience better. Mm-hmm. But we still take that emotional baggage home with us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most doulas get into this work because maybe they had a great birth experience and they think, oh, 
I want to be that. I want to attend births. I want to see somebody, you know, and all that. And right. it's more about them right? instead of really the business side of it, you yeah. know. And so what happens with them is they're usually gone within a year or two because yeah. they've burnt themselves out, you know, and they want to give their services away for free and that kind of stuff, which is fine mm-hmm. to a certain extent. But mm-hmm. if you do that for long term, you will burn yourself out. Right. There's... there's being right. on call and if it's your passion like you you you're you need to be charging money because yes. it's, it's an exchange a, of value yeah you know that type of stuff going right. on too in this whole thing right um and i had to step in uh, when i came into this in town nobody mm-hmm. has been looking at it the way i'm presenting it now right mm-hmm. so i kind of stepped out of the zone and said here we are going to charge and we are going to run this like a business and we are going to do this so i've had a little Eh, like yeah. people not getting it. Some people in my industry or, right. you know, hmm, you want to charge all these fees and do, you know, but again, there's value in it. There really, really is. Right. And I mean, I kind of liken it to um, a therapist. You go mm-hmm. and you speak and mm-hmm. you put out all your feelings on the table and they help coach you through, you know, yes. these, these um, monumental moments in your life yes. or even day-to-day stuff that you need support in mm-hmm. and you're paying them a fee because yes. their time is very valuable and yes. they're there to, to, I mean, you could do this with a friend too, but your friend is not trained the way a therapist would be. And so, not even your family. I mean, right. they know you best. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but they're too they close. come in with an opinion right. sometimes yeah. and different things where we come in with just facts right. and you know encouragement and right. that type of things um right. not oh I did it this way or you should have done it this way and, and none of that mm-hmm. going on we just say what do you need and here's what the facts are on right. that instead of family and friends sometimes they have so different. I wanted to touch on something that you said um previously about um the training that you have with postpartum depression mm-hmm. um now that is not every doula correct like not every doula is trained in postpartum depression if they've taken a postpartum doula training mm-hmm. they probably got some knowledge from okay. that I've taken multiple trainings outside of I've taken multiple postpartum doula trainings I am like the forever student here okay. um so I like to go and get different perspectives from different companies so I just take anything and everything that I can take so no not all are trained to the level that I would be trained on on postpartum depression because I have taken multiple trainings outside the postpartum doula training okay but you do get some knowledge so like you know looking for certain signs or like those type of things you would okay get and of course I've learned a lot just by dealing with people right over the last couple of years of being the volunteer and different stories and um I hear a lot of the same stories, mm-hmm. actually, too, uh, just because it's the same stuff that happened over and over again, and yeah. that's what's causing yeah, the depression. Yeah, I feel like it's a common occurrence to have And postpartum depression is not, like, we know depression. Mm-hmm. It's a hormone imbalance. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand that either. Right. And like I said, there, it's not one or the other, like you have it or you don't. There's right. a lot of in-between parts. And, you know, hormones is what's causing it and hormones can get crazy right very up and down so you go through these moments it doesn't mean you're going into a hole of postpartum depression Mm -hmm. but having that postpartum doula or someone to talk to Mm -hmm. that after definitely is a benefit and has shown to help so that's what people are lacking too. Right. They so much focus on the birth, right? right? And then they forget what's coming after that, yeah. right? And, and there's actually, a whole, and that's the harder part. Right. Birth becomes the easy part right. once you step into motherhood. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is something I learned very quickly yes. after giving birth. I and you'll learn it after, but people will tell you before, mm-hmm. but you can't get it you until understand. you're living it. Yeah. And then yeah. you get it. I wish I would have... Um, 
kind of understood that a little bit better but i don't think there's a, a way to really pre- uh, prepare for that except um, for having that support system yeah that's yeah. how you prepare you know you have that person to call that's outside your family right that you know maybe and you could call them up us a doula and say i'm thinking these crazy thoughts right, right. and we know that that's common right. if you go to a family member and you say oh my gosh i thought this they might think you're going totally crazy or mm-hmm. they say just get over it right you it's fine I did it you did it like let's just be done with that and they don't know how to address it and then you feel like your feelings aren't valid so then you just hold them in and that's not good either yeah and you don't talk yeah Yeah. I've heard a lot of women um uh tell their stories of um including like close friends and family members where they had um postpartum depression and they went to family members and the family member said oh you're not a good mom you shouldn't feel that way about oh my your gosh baby. that's the other thing or we worry someone's going to take our child yeah if you say something right there's that um another one we don't talk about a lot is postpartum anxiety mm. that's coming up way more mm-hmm. than the per- depression mm-hmm. um just because going into motherhood brings on anxiety right yeah. we want to be perfect mothers right that's a big hang up such guilt with uh, the mom guilt yeah. yes you don't need anybody adding anything on because like even even though i tried my best especially in the beginning and that's all you can do that's all you can do yes. but still i felt like i was mm-hmm. failing and i was guilt i felt guilty mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I thought i'm not i should know more i should i should know you know how to do this even better and yeah don't just, you, i don't even know that crazy yeah. <laughs> you really drive yourself crazy and oh, then yeah. there's people telling you oh and well, social media yeah that's killing it all yeah because that's everybody puts their best person yeah best picture or best yeah. oh I'm happiest mom right yeah and I've seen it firsthand where I've seen the, her my a client on social media oh, da, da. but then I show up at their house and they're bawling their eyes out yeah so I see what's going on in that that but the outsider looks oh look how perfect her life is mm-hmm. why am I over here crying why yeah. is this happening why is right. this why and, does she know, look perfect breastfeeding uh-huh. with her hair done right. makeup and I'm over I can't breastfeed and I haven't washed my hair right. in two days right and it's very real yeah <laughs> you don't really see that on mm-hmm. social media but so, we see it so that's what I'm right. saying it's frustrating for us too just because you know if we were more real which we are we mm-hmm. are changing things you yeah. know um, people are talking about postpartum depression more and talking about those type of things things mm-hmm. um so it's it's becoming more recognized at yeah. this point and but that still doesn't mean people uh talk about it mm-hmm. because they don't want something like my kid to be taken away or right. something or i'm crazy or yeah you know, and again kind of you wouldn't have those assumptions if you had some more education on yeah. the topic right and, yes. you, and you know what you can ask those questions or sometimes you don't even think to um, ask certain questions mm-hmm. that might be really helpful for you to know about. So mm-hmm. again, having that doula there to um, teach you about all this and, and to give you that education, you're, you're more prepared. I learned so many things before going into my birth that um, questions that I didn't even think to, mm-hmm. I would ever need mm-hmm. to ask. I hear that all and the time. Like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't I think about to ask right. that? Yeah. And I talk to the dads a lot, too, if they're in my class, just like, here's things you should watch out for. Mm-hmm. Here, if you hear her say this, right. if you notice something like this. So then right. I give them the knowledge, too, because obviously sometimes we don't see it in ourselves mm-hmm. because we're caught up in survival mode of right. just no sleep all the things that are happening so that partner who knows you best Mm -hmm. will be able to recognize those signs and then feel comfortable to talk to you and say hey remember what she said I'm kind of noticing this maybe and wouldn't it be so great if you didn't have to go to them and they came to you and said I think you might have this going on right Right. you're like I think I might have something going on too maybe we can look into this instead of building yourself up so much of having to go to them and say I think something's happening and, and then 
having that anxiety of they're going to think I'm crazy or right. what's going to happen from that point. Yeah. And having a baby puts such strain on your relationship. Yes. But I think that if they're able to come to you and notice those signs, there's going to be like, you're not going to be holding it all in and maybe resenting them for not helping. Yes. Yes. Um, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah. It just, it, it improves all aspects mm-hmm. of birth before and after mm-hmm. and during. So there's again, just so much to gain. Um, and I want to touch on something that you said about um, you know, if 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 a mother is having um, anxiety or or um, depression about say harming her baby and she thinks her baby might be taken away from her, what do you do in that situation? If she if she comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm having thoughts of like harming my baby. What I need help." Do you know that's very common? I didn't know it's common, yeah. but it uh-huh. doesn't surprise me that it's people very have common. those feelings. They just it's um, the anxiety of. I've heard it to where I feel anxious walking into the kitchen because what if I hit their head on the counter? What if, I I mean, things that are so random, right? Right. What if I walk down the stairs and I drop them so they Mm -hmm. won't even walk down the stairs? Like there's a lot, lot, very, 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 I just posted an article um, on our Facebook page about that Mm -hmm. um, because it's, and so what we do... Sorry, Sorry, just really quick. I had um, sometimes women also have like they feel like they might intentionally hurt their baby and that's like a whole other thing too. Right. Um, Um, Yeah. I had a mom friend who said she had to, um, her baby wouldn't stop crying. So she had to put him down and walk away and just leave him crying because she thought she was going to physically harm him. And she, you know, she's a great mother. And Mm -hmm. of course she wasn't, um, she just wasn't in the right headspace, but she would never willingly just harm her baby for like the joy of it, I guess. You know, that's, that's not what But then they get, they become afraid because they're like, I can't, should I not be around the baby? Right. Like what? Because they feel like they can't control themselves because that feeling of being overwhelmed, like she was a single mother. Her family Mm -hmm. wasn't very supportive. She had no help. She was going to school and working full time. I mean, it was a lot on her. Mm -hmm. So of course, and then she felt guilty about having those feelings. And I said, you know what? I like, that's actually like that happens sometimes and it's okay. You just have to, I'm glad that you realized it because then you can get help right yes so what do you do in those situations so again we've built when i first started this two years ago we had no therapist that specialized in postpartum depression here in town we now have four wow. i believe yes that's it. so yeah, i know that's, <laughs> but from zero to four that's amazing exactly yeah. in just a couple years so and we actually have a uh two ladies in town that specialize their business whole business is focused on postpartum depression so mm-hmm. so thankful for them that's what i do as the volunteer is i give resources mm-hmm. so support groups i've been hosting a support group at my office since i started this mm-hmm. um there's multiple of those popping up now too which i'm so thrilled about because obviously i can only do it on one day you know a couple times a month right. I, and some people not everybody can make it on right. that day so that gives them more options so very right. happy about that um so we re- refer to therapists or we refer to the support groups mm-hmm. um some don't want to come to the group environment they want to go to the one-on-one whatever it is it's really hard because i can only follow up so much mm-hmm. and i hope for the best right? right and i don't know if they all make it to the therapist or what they do mm-hmm. so that part of it is very draining on me right. because not only am i trying to get all the calls situated and do all that but yeah. i have to make sure that they are following up with what I tell them because we don't want something to happen, obviously. So that's one of the things that I wanted to um, make really clear for everybody listening is that your doula is not going to really function as your therapist. Like there are professionals in that field that are trained for that. So um, you should make sure 
while your doula can, you know, um, you can talk to her and come to her to get that help. And she will have resources you. for you yeah. for that. Yes. Right, right, yeah. Well, that's another thing we provide is tons of resources. If right. there's something we can't provide you, we are going to let you know. We have a full list of things, whatever, a variety of things, down right. to nannies, daycares, whatever. Right. We have those resources to give you too. That's yeah. one of the things that we offer. Yeah, so you can use her as like, you know, a tool to help connect you to people and so you can get um, help that you need mm -hmm. uh, uh, across like the spectrum of motherhood really yes right yeah so again that's why i'm saying tools don't stop at the birth right it, it continues on past right. that it's right. more than that and and it's hard because that doula word mm -hmm. Like you said, they either don't know or they think they know or they have it wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish there was another word. I actually changed it on my website to say birth coach slash doula mm -hmm. to help get that concept more of like, you know, we're just there to coach you. We're not there to be your medical provider kind right. of a thing. So. Right. Um, okay. So I want to um, talk a little bit. There's also overnight doulas oh, will be coming yeah. and watch the babies through the night. Yeah. So you can get some sleep. So, right. of course, people use us multiple times a week or mm -hmm. once a week just to catch up on sleep yeah right? so there's that doula side too right which that is i think is amazing because um again with with um, motherhood there are some women that are like a type personality and they're able to go with no sleep and just like yes. you know really killing the game here but some <laughs> Those moms, schedules yeah they have put together yeah some moms need like more help than that mm -hmm. some moms need help you know five days a week and that's okay because motherhood is going to be very different for every Everybody. Uh -huh. So again, having and, and sleep, lack of yeah. sleep is like torture. Yeah, that's we use it as torture yeah. in certain things. So I mean, when you've gone days, months mm -hmm. without sleeping, of mm -hmm. course your mental state is not going to be. And that's mm -hmm. the thing in those first few weeks, right? Yeah. When you think you're in that postpartum depression, and you may be, but you may not be. Mm -hmm. You might just need some sleep, right? Um, to get your brain functioning normally again right. yeah. yeah you just need sleep in like a shower exactly <laughs> and, like, and i did have a postpartum doula client where i literally went every friday mm -hmm. and when i came she took a shower a long shower mm -hmm. and took a nap yeah and that's all and i i held the baby i took care of the baby i cleaned up her kitchen so mm -hmm. that way she had a clean kitchen to come to and you know cleaned yeah. up her, whatever i needed to do for her yeah and then i left and then every friday she'd be like oh alicia's coming yeah i get to and again having that doula um there for for that support is is essential for um a lot of people because you can think, you know, oh, I'll have my mom do it or I'll have my friend do it. But then you get all the input that comes to that, right? right? Of how you're raising yes. a baby. Why do you need so much help? <laughs> yeah. And then there's some judgment right? that comes yeah, with it sometimes. Lots of judgment sometimes. Yeah. Even from our own and mothers who love us unconditionally, they're just used to a different time, a different right. way of doing things. Yeah. So again, there's nothing wrong with having that support. But a lot of us moms now, we're working moms. Right. Where that's different from what they did. And, right. um, you know, so we're just functioning differently yeah. our brains are going we're used to be doing something else and then when we right. feel like we have to just take care of the baby and we can't do something else that gets to us too right because right. we're so used to doing other things and yeah. so there's parts and even if you're just like a stay-at-home mom and i shouldn't even say just stay at yeah, home because that's it's, the hardest it's a job whole other, yeah, <laughs> it really is a whole like it, uh -huh. it's, a, it's more than a full-time job it's so physically uh -huh. demanding and, and draining um you still need to have a break and you need like and if your partner can't give you that break you need to have mm -hmm. someone there we're big when 
in my postpartum support groups, we talk so much about self-care. Yeah. You know, we lo- we forget about us yeah. in this process. Because when you're in that process, I'm, at least for me, I felt like it was never ending. I felt like my baby was always going to be a month old mm-hmm. and that was going to be my life forever. And I was never going to get to shower or eat a hot meal or yeah. sleep more than three hours at a time. Like I, you don't think like this is going to change and the process, like she's going to have longer sleep cycles mm-hmm. and she's going to grow out of the stage. It's not always going to be that physically demanding, but you don't think about that when you're in it. No. When so you're having in that it, little it break, seems never ending. Yeah. So having somebody that comes over for a couple hours so that you can shower and, 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 you know, take a nap, it reminds you of like, and again, all the- paying them for that service mm-hmm. creates a different experience. Yes. Right. Yes. So you're like, I'm paying you. I feel okay with this. Right. Yes. Instead of feeling like, Oh, I'm asking for this help and you know, right. I'm not paying them and it's kind right. of weird. And do they want to be here? Or the, it creates different And I might have vibes. to reciprocate the favor and like, I don't have the time. Right, right. To, yeah. So it brings on yeah. different feelings, right? Yeah. So where if you're paying, they show up, it's a professional relationship right. and you know, everybody's and there's happy. there's no judgment there no because judgment. your doula knows all the things uh-huh. that go We've on We've seen it all. We hear it all. I've had people just cry. Yeah. And that's what they need. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And I just help them along and, you know, I encourage it actually. Yeah. You need to cry, you need to cry, get it out and you'll feel so much better. And so sometimes they just cry Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's okay too. And then, you know, they get past it and then we laugh and do other things after that. So I want to know a little bit more about the doulas that you employ. How many um, doulas do you currently employ? I have five. Five now, five. yes. One okay. of my good ones is moving. She just told me, so oh. I'm very sad about that. Oh. Yeah, so I got to find someone else to replace her. But yes. So what's your um what's your hiring process like? Do you have certain um questions that you ask to make sure that everybody kind of fits in with your um like your your conduct your business conduct basically? Yes, because of what I said about if you're too focused on one way of birthing that's really not going to work for what i'm trying to create i really want an open-minded doula who can understand that it's more about the family the mother's mental state those type of things that are going to come after than it is about having one specific type of birth Mm -hmm. so i'm very big about that Mm -hmm. um because I'm trying to make it more inclusive. Like, you know, everybody could have a doula, no matter what type of birth you have. It doesn't have to be this one way. And I just don't want that doula putting that pressure on that mom with her opinions. Yeah. So that's really, really big to me. So that when I opened my business, I, my biggest fear was finding good people. Yeah. That was like, cause again, I not a lot of people are doulas. Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot to choose from as it is. Right. right. Cause there's not a lot. Right. And then again, are they going to burn out in a couple of years and you have to replace and those type of things, people getting pregnant. Are they at that stage in their life? Are they moving? Are they like the one that's moving? Mm-hmm. You know, there's different things to have to, and we're in Vegas. So everybody comes and goes yeah. usually. Um, so just keeping that in mind that I'm going to have to, you know, be flexible on new people coming in constantly. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I've had a few girls that have been with me from the beginning. Oh, so I'm awesome. very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, and then I brought on a couple more as we've gotten a little busier and things. Because again, a doula can only take so many clients. Right. You know, we have to keep that balance to be able. And the one thing I did want to create too with my business is having that team. Mm-hmm. So 
if something came up, you could call on the next person and they would step in and offer that same care. Right. And the doula would just... Uh, so for the client, it's kind of seamless. Yes. Regardless of who's there, you're going to have the same level of support. Exactly. Same understanding. Yep. Okay. And that's really big to me too. But having yeah. that backup mm-hmm. can take so much pressure off the doula. Yeah. Because if it's just you and your kid gets sick mm-hmm. or you're sick or something happens and you let that person down Mm -hmm. that to me eats me alive like I want to be there for them no matter what and so if I'm stressed about what's going on in my life and I don't have somebody I can rely on I will be a wreck. So I wanted, and I think if you talk to my doulas, they'll tell you the same thing. I'm so thankful to have the team because we support each other. You know, if something goes wrong, like I told you this morning, there was some, not, nothing went wrong this morning, but some, a situation happened this week that they're communicating with me about. And so I'm always there too, Mm -hmm. to help them along, encourage them, support them, you know, and and I think that's important to build, help them have a long-term career in this. Yeah. That's a really good point. I remember when, um, when I was, um, giving birth my um my doula had been with us um pretty early on she came because i was supposed to have the baby like four hours in and it turned into this whole other thing because i was just so so tired mm-hmm. um and she ended up having to go home um about an hour after we got to the hospital we got to the hospital like at three o'clock in the morning and she had been with us so long she ended up going home she has like two kids and you know like yep. she has her own life of course yes <laughs> and she's <was> just <laughs> exhausted too so she called in her replacement and then when the replacement came then she left and I felt like, okay, like, you know, this, I still have somebody. So yes. I, I pro- probably would have freaked out if she left and nobody else came. I would have, uh-huh. I would have been like, okay, what do I do now? Like, right. who are we, who's going to help and us And that now? could have caused some trauma, yeah. see, in this yeah. process. Yeah. So, and again, it might've been out of her control right. as far as leaving. Of course, right. she might not have wanted to leave, right? but there might've been a situation, right? That made right. her, or she had to leave. Right. So having that backup, like, you experienced it yeah and i wouldn't want her to stay if she's exhausted and she's not going to be you know her best self right then then she kind of she would kind of like add to the problem so i'm glad she had the clarity to say okay i can't like be here at my best self for you but i'm going to bring somebody who is well rested and Mm -hmm. who's going to like take care of you yes because like you said birth can go on forever yeah someone (laughs) can have labor for days yes and i've definitely left i've been out of my house it was mainly in my home birthing days for Mm -hmm. two days yeah where I didn't see my kids. I mm-hmm. didn't know what was happening at my house. I didn't feed them food. I didn't, you know, I had to rely on my partner to do that. Yeah. Um, but if your partner has things going on too, and you know, so yeah. So having that system in place yeah. is a big deal to me too, because yeah. you need that just for our sanity. Yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah, of course. Um, okay. And and not all the doulas, going back to the hiring thing. So I have some that just attend births. I have some that just postpartum doulas, you know, those. So not all do all of it either. Right. Okay. So there's that part. Okay. So some doulas will only do a specific type of like support. Right. Okay. So some don't want to be on call. So okay. they prefer the postpartum side of it where they can schedule a shift and they go in and they do that type of right. thing. They just, that on call doesn't fit in their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So um, it doesn't mean that every doula does all the services okay so it's yeah so that's really important i think for people to know is that your one doulas are not all alike it's kind of like um doctors where Mm -hmm. they have different specialties right some of them can do two things you know some of them Mm -hmm. do just one thing and 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 it doesn't mean they don't have the training sometimes they just don't they prefer the schedule being scheduled instead of right they have like a preferred practice even though they have the training for and um that's another part so if 
your doula and then you need a, a lactation consultant then we have that separate some mm-hmm. some of us are all of it which i am i have a whole list of letters behind my name mm-hmm. but some are not so but we have someone on staff that can help you so now right. we'll bring in that person and they right. will be here and they probably know a lot about the situation because we work as a team and we are pretty close right so having um so knowing so if, if a client comes to you what kind of questions do they typically ask or what kind of questions should they ask to make sure that they get like the the person that is best a best fit for their type of um situation well obviously their birth philosophy would be like what they how they think birth should flow and if you're if the client's thinking "Hmm, i might get pain medication and this one is and the doula is telling you um natural birth natural birth natural birth maybe she's not the best one for you right. because if it ends up going that direction, is she going to be as supportive or, you know, so those are just things mm-hmm. to keep in mind. Right. Obviously, um, schedule, what's that doula's schedule? Is she going to be available? Those right. type of things, baby, how many births she's been, what type of training she's had. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those would all be first questions I would ask. Yeah. To like a doula. basic questions yes. you should be asking. Okay. And then if you think you might need, um, support, afterwards and your doula is not um she's either not trained or doesn't practice that Mm -hmm. she should be at least able to refer you to somebody correct yes and that's what i was saying so then we have someone in our team that we can fill them in very quickly here's all the things Mm -hmm. that you should know about the birth or babies or mom or whatever and they can step into that role okay very seamless and just go Okay, and we've already um, kind of covered this, um, but I just wanted to reiterate, doulas work everywhere. They work in hospitals, they work at home births, Mm -hmm. they can- Birth centers, we're getting one of those in town, so that'll be new and different. Yeah, finally. Again, we're stepping up our game here in Las Vegas, we're getting all these things, and so I see five years from now being different than where we are right now yeah and so it gets frustrating because again i've been out there i've talked to tried to get in with doctors and you know mm-hmm. it's, i've been pushed back a little bit on that which is okay i firmly believe that we just stay professional and do what we do and that yeah. will show in the end and so yeah. as things transition and change it will all work out in our favor so what's the current um uh climate right now with the hospitals here in town because i know it's different in every state Mm -hmm. hospitals have different like some hospitals will actually request like the one that i was listening to um earlier in minneapolis they saw the results of having they saw this data of there is a study out there yeah evidence-based birth they have done studies on all kinds of things related to birth and one Mm -hmm. is about doulas and so i like to if there's somebody questioning like they what do you do? Like, how is this going to benefit me? I definitely hand that over just to give them that evidence-based stuff. I'm very big on evidence-based. So I hand that over and say, here's the stats. Yeah. Look at them. I think it was also, there was a, a Swedish hospital that, um, requested um, like to speak with the doula and have um, that service implemented into their their um, hospital which how amazing is that to have the hospital come and say we see the benefits of this it's really lowering all risks across the board mm-hmm. let's bring those services and offer them to our clients and um, uh, I wish we had more of that in the hospitals here but we were talking earlier um, how we, we were saying how um, only a little over a hundred hospitals in our nation have doula services but we have what thousands and thousands of yeah. hospitals mm-hmm. so we need to get that number up a lot of times it's funding yeah because if the hospital has to pay for the doula program mm-hmm. they're not they're not 
I mean, it would take a lot probably to convince them. So that's right. usually what it's coming down to is funding. Mm-hmm. What's coming out more is the, having the state mm-hmm. come in and offer this service, paying that kind of thing for mm-hmm. the. But I don't. We're not there yet here. Right. Uh, maybe in five years or so, we might right. get to that point. Is more jump on, mm-hmm. um, but it's funding. So. I wish, yes, they would build more of a relationship with the outside companies so then they just, you know, would be more open to us coming. Right. Um, but a lot of the nurses, they, um, not that they don't like us or anything, but they just feel like you've had no medical training. Why are you here? Like, they don't understand mm-hmm. what we do. Right. So they kind of just... Maybe they feel like their toes are going to be stepped on by the yes, coming yes. in. Or that's not even like, no, it's a totally different no. job description. We want to be there to help. Right. That's all we're trying to do is help. Right. Um, make the situation better. Right. Um, so, and again, we're not trying to talk them out of any medications, none of that. Not mm-hmm. to say that none of the doulas do that, but not us. Right. That's not how we do it. Right. Um, we just make sure our client understands mm-hmm. what she's signing up for. Right. That's all we care about. Yeah. Um, there was, um, there, there were a few, um, uh, reports I think that I read, um, a little while back where a lot of mothers were, um, having, um, like bleeding out issues after they gave yeah, birth. Yeah, hemorrhaging, yes. Hemorrhaging and having all these um, complications after the birth. Mm-hmm. And this has led to a lot of mothers, unfortunately, passing away. And um, people were saying, how are the nurses not noticing this? But the nurses they're busy and sometimes you know they they, they don't they don't see that because mm-hmm. they, they are so busy well and hemorrhages and, happen quick yeah like if that starts happening it's yeah. happening very quick yeah um yes so that's another thing after you have your baby we stay with you mm-hmm. for at least an hour mm-hmm. um more if needed mm-hmm. but um we try and help you with breastfeeding and get that going of course you have your postpartum nurses and they come in and stuff but again yeah they're not consistently with you right we're consistently with you yeah. you are our focus that yeah. client um so we do stay and if we do notice something yes we would definitely step up and mm-hmm. say hey maybe you need to check this out or something we're right. not diagnosing mm-hmm. we're not bringing you know oh she has a hemorrhage somebody come in here and check this out we're yeah. not that but it's like hey we noticed this is happening right. can you look into that a little bit more like right. that's how we communicate with right. them so when we don't want it be taking over we don't want that uh responsibility right. of that medical things i'm right. so i there was a point in my career that i thought i had to go be a home birth midwife to make money mm-hmm. that's so i started all, i know everything about every possible version of getting into any of that i researched mm-hmm. every school i've done it all but that's the only thing i thought but once I realized, no, I can make money being a doula, I felt the relief of not having that medical responsibility was right. just like, yes, I don't want any part of that. Right. I'm thankful mm-hmm. I don't have to make those decisions. Like, yeah. those are big decisions. Yeah. And I don't want any part of that. Right. So, um, but you can be there to kind of spot the signs for when you do need that medical intervention. You can call someone yes. and say, we need help here. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my doula... Um, the when our replacement tool came in, she um, stayed with us for I want to say like it was quite a long time after the baby mm-hmm. was born, and until finally I had I had even like slept, and then I woke up, and then I felt like okay I am kind of myself again, except you know there's a new baby here, so <laughs> like how really how much of yourself are you really? But my partner had rested, and like we felt okay, and she's like okay well if you feel okay, 
um, then I can I can go ahead and, and go if you don't um, need me here. And but if you need me, I can certainly stay. Mm-hmm. And I, it was nice just having like that one extra person. And for the longest time before I had. Uh, kids, I thought, oh, I would definitely want my mom there. But then during my pregnancy, I thought mm-hmm. I definitely don't mm-hmm. want my mom there because yes. my mom freaks <laughs> out at the tiniest little thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, she's had um, three kids um, and, and she's had four births. So I thought, okay, she's an expert, right? She's going to have to be there. But going through my pregnancy, I thought, okay, this is not going to be a good idea. She's going to freak out and it's going to make me really nervous and scared. So never mind. Like mom's <laughs> not going to be there. But I still thought I want someone there, yes. like someone that knows about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I learned what a doula was, I thought, yes, definitely having a doula for sure. Like non-negotiable. We yeah. Because <laughs> um, they they are going to be that person that's going to support you. And that's what I'm saying. The people that have had them yeah. can most of the time yeah. will say, all positive things about that experience yeah the one um hospital um that um i was listening to earlier that has that doula program um they survey all of their um their clients after afterwards and say and they ask them um would you um have a doula again and i think like 90 something percent of them said absolutely yes love that yeah that's perfect yeah so (laughs) which is what we experience too people that have have us they are like yes yeah and every person (laughs) how do people not do this exactly i don't think i've met anybody yet that has had a doula that says that they wouldn't recommend someone having a doula everyone's is always like yes i I recommend them to everybody now it's it's the best every (laughs) once in a while and unfortunately we know how that goes like one bad thing can make it like better or worse than 20 good things right Right. so yes there's that um every once in a while you have a little oh she left me and no replacement or Mm -hmm. something like that right um i had a client recently myself who had that happened at her last birth and that was very traumatic for her so i um that was a big deal like i had to make sure that you know everything was going to go as planned because i didn't want the repeat Right. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I had the foresight too when I got pregnant to like do as much research as I could because my one of my um, aunts had um, a doula during one of her pregnancies and the doula fell asleep right as she was like giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, you know, doulas sometimes do sleep if it's a long birth, they need to mm-hmm. sleep. But this woman, I don't think was like a professional doula. I think she was yeah. more like a friend. Like we I'll call them hobby doulas. Yeah. It was more like that. <laughs> it's more of like, so then, we just do this for fun. Kind yeah. Of thing. So then, and, and then when she woke up, she said, Oh, I have to go. I can't be here for this for like the actual birth part. Um, and mm. she thought, okay, this is like the moment. Are you, you're going to leave? So then my aunt had her, I think like my cousin who was like, I think seven at the time, six or seven, run across the apartment complex to where my other aunt lives. And she told her, hey, my, my mom's having a baby. Come over. Oh Come and help us. So my <laughs> other aunt comes running over to the apartment to assist. And I was like, that is traumatic. I yeah. would have like, That's I don't a know. It's stressful what, in those last yeah. moments to be dealing with that. Yeah. So, um. Uh, that was my idea of a doula for the longest time and Mm. I'm glad I had glad yeah yeah I'm glad I had the foresight to think like okay this this can't be what a doula is all the time so um I'm glad that there are people doing good work and are actually professional about Mm -hmm. their job because Mm -hmm. it's so needed we need professional doulas I preach it so much Mm -hmm. to my girls that work with me all it's that they know that that is a big deal to me like we stay professional always like yeah you show up you do what you're supposed to do like yeah so i think as huge as like a client of a doula i think that's one of the biggest questions is to ask how long have you been practicing a doula how long Mm -hmm. do you intend to keep Mm -hmm. practicing as a doula 
birth philosophy um, like what yes, do you, how do you see birth and yeah. what do you think and exactly that kind of, those are some of the sometimes even saying questions. just you know their own experiences because a lot yeah. of doulas bring in their own experience to the the client's uh, space mm-hmm. which it has no place being there mm-hmm. um that's totally separate you cannot bring your experience into their experience that's just okay so i just had a coughing attack and now my voice is <laughs> really weird and raspy so we're gonna let alicia do most of the talking now which is um perfect because these questions are all her domain um so alicia what services do you offer at your uh company well birth uh doula postpartum Mm -hmm. doula overnight doula we just added a sibling doula which um we've seen the need too where we come in and watch your other kids while you go to the hospital and give birth so yeah because again transient las vegas you don't have a lot of family or people like that so we will actually come over and meet with your children prior to that and then when you go into labor we will come and take care of them so that's one less thing you have to worry about right we're trying to get rid of all that fear and just stress and those type of things um childbirth education i teach all those classes so i do um privates i've learned that um that works better for people's schedule here in town because we're all on different schedules. So that way, I, I'm so big on the education. So I really want them to take the education. So I'm going to either go to their home or they can come to my office in Henderson and I will teach them privately. I also like doing private classes because I can uh, personalize it. So depending on what type of birth experience you're walking into, I can help you understand what is going to happen in that process. Um, so I do the childbirth education. We um, are starting a program now that I've been working on for a few months and it's going to come out in the next few weeks which is makes me nervous and happy at the same time um, as I've been the postpartum person in town I have realized um, just the I keep hearing the same thing over again about mom friends finding those new friends having some place to go and get out of the house because when we sit in the house and stare at the walls that will make you go insane in itself um and again we deal a lot a lot of our clients are working moms so they're used to being out of the house they're used to working and doing stuff and interacting with adults and then they get stuck at home and they kind of sink and so i'm creating a program that's going to be like a membership program um where they can come in there'll be a couple of days there'll be two options so a couple of the first option is you get to come in a couple of days we're going to do like a co-working co-play type of thing so it's just places if you have want to sit on your computer i'll have an office area for you um i just invested in a bunch of like montessori style toys so your babies can come in they can learn and play and those type of things um the other membership will be um include a bunch of classes, support groups, uh, uh, just a bunch, and it's gonna, we're gonna branch off a little bit too, because I have a lot more to offer than just being a doula. I've been a business owner and those type of things for a long time. So I want to talk business stuff too. And you know, again, our clients, they're business people. So um, we're gonna incorporate just some things outside of motherhood, because again, as much as we love our ch- children and all those things, sometimes we still have to do stuff for ourselves. So I'm going to provide that within one place. There'll be things for your children, for you, um, business, whatever that is. So I'm getting ready, hopefully, to launch that uh, mid to end of February. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm excited. We also have prenatal yoga, mom and baby yoga. We offer that. We have a variety of support groups. Um, You can go to the website and see it all. 
I'm so excited for all this and I wish I like my voice wasn't messed <laughs> up now because I want to chime in on how amazing I think these ideas are but I'll leave it at that for now um <clears throat> well they can look at our website right? yeah there you go <laughs> lasvegasbabyco.com there you go okay <laughs> And, um, okay, so say I want to hire a doula from your um, from your company. How does that work? Like, what are the steps? So we have a, a form on our website that you would go to and fill out. Ideally, we'd like you to look at the doula page, see if there's somebody that stands out to you, and um, you can definitely request that person. Um, so what they do is they fill out the client form. All the forms come to me. And then I go through and see who's available and different things for that time. I reach out to the client and let them know that, hey, we got your staff. Um, I'm going to put you in contact with a doula. Um, if you'd like more than, to, um, consultations are free. So if you'd like to have a consultation with a, uh, more than one doula, let me know and I will set that up. Again, we work as a team, so nobody gets offended. Um, and then the doula will set up a consultation. It can be at our office, which we like it there, just because we want them to come in and see what we have there and offer. Um, but we will also come to your house, we meet at coffee shops, whatever is their comfort zone. Um, and then they do a consultation if they decide to move forward. I have a contract, you know, that way everyone knows where they're supposed to be and what they're doing. And then um, we require a deposit, and then the remaining deposit is due by 36 weeks. And then you'll get two prenatal visits in that time, more if you want. Um, the birth and that post, uh, the afterbirth where we stay for an hour, and then we come see you. Um, we like to come in the first 10 days after you have the baby and we'll come to your house and just kind of you know process stuff mm -hmm. see what's going on talk about the birth you know where you're at in this motherhood steps and that kind of thing so that's how we go about same with postpartum mm -hmm. if you need postpartum services everyone fills out that client form if you were looking for a class you'd fill out the client form everything's on that form and then it comes to me and then we kind of figure out where to go from there okay <clears throat> that sounds pretty easy and straightforward yes we wanted everything easy so yeah. very basic okay and um can you tell us a little bit about your practice like what it physically looks like and um my office of, yeah mm -hmm. i, I say practice that's like medical <laughs> people your office what does your office look like my space, your space yeah. is um I just painted because I wanted to create a different feeling for this new program that I brought in. Mm -hmm. So it's very, I did white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you can visualize that, yeah. not trying to be sterile or anything, try to be yeah. more modern is what we were going with. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, it's an open space. We have two offices that are like physical offices that doors shut and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. One is going to be the co-working space. One is our doula office. So that's where we do our consultations and, um, breastfeeding visits or any of that postpartum visits that happens in the office. The bigger space has like a teaching area and a couch so you can just sit and relax and a kids play little area so where they have their own area too so they can play. Um, and like I said, because we have yoga and those type of things up in the front, there's like cubbies, you put all your stuff, you leave your strollers, your car seats, and you walk into the next space. And again, it's very relaxed. That's what environment I'm trying to create. It's just a, you know, let's just sit and talk. That's what I want from it. Not yeah. sterile, not just kind of like you're in your living room. That's what yeah. I was creating. Yeah. So I know some offices can feel intimidating when you walk mm -hmm. into them, especially if you're just used to going like to a doctor's mm -hmm. office. And I am so. in an office building. So not like a retail building, mm -hmm. more of like an office. So there's mm -hmm. not a whole lot going on in there. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of, it has lots of floor to ceiling windows looking out. So you oh, kind of get nice. that nature feel coming in, which I'm, I like a lot. Yeah. Um, and there's a nice courtyard with lots of trees and that kind of stuff. So oh, that's really nice mm -hmm. 
Okay. Mm. And what have you learned about um, our community's need for doula since opening your practice? That I need to educate more people on what doulas are, yeah. which I'm so thankful to be doing this mm-hmm. for that reason. Um, and I have focused on that. Like, I have started to go out in our community this year. Uh, I teach at Zappos. Zappos is um, very forward in their thinking right Um, so I've been there a couple years and I go in and teach childbirth education to their pregnant employees Um, I got this idea in my head it's like well why aren't more companies offering this service so I've really focused on that since the new year of getting out there because again even if they don't hire me to do that Mm -hmm. I still educated them Mm -hmm. on what services I offer so Mm -hmm. each time I go meet people that's I see the benefit in it just by talking to them. Yeah. Um, so I'm really focusing on um, going out and talking to the community. I was more focused on talking to the medical providers, but again, it's hard because they're busy. Mm-hmm. And so if I just walk in, I'm talking to the front desk girl where who knows how far it went back from that point. So I found it better if I focused on the clients Mm -hmm. and where they might be and getting to them. Because if I can talk to them, I think I can get the point across. They can see the value in the services we offer. So um, we need um, more I, I did, last year, or yeah, last year I did events like Bye Bye Baby, and I even did events at Whole Foods oh. because I was like, these, this is where our people would be, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go there, mm-hmm. and so that's what I really try and focus on because. I can't figure out a, w- a different way. I've gone to the hospitals. Hey, can I come in and talk to the nurses? And I've kind of uh, got not very good feedback on that. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just, but I continue. Right. Who can I hit next? Who can I hit next? And that's right. what it really comes down to, right? If I took every rejection, yeah. I would be going nowhere. You'd be so, out I, of business yes. You, so I have yeah. to keep stepping over that and moving on to the next person who I think might right. listen. And I think you're right about the climate changing with um, hospital, um, you know, integrating the, these services into their practice. I think that's going to change because people are slowly but surely finding out more information mm-hmm. and wanting to um have more support because they they're realizing that it's a necessity it's not really mm-hmm. a luxury like everybody should have all the support yes exactly it is a necessity to have a support system mm-hmm. you know there's birth is a big deal yeah. we carry that with us for the rest of our life right Mm -hmm. so but we don't put that much focus on it either so that does need to change or we don't invest in it as much no Um, and even as a society not Mm -hmm. even as the pregnant person I'm talking as society we just go oh you're just pregnant and you just have a baby and and you know it's more than that we need to focus on it more than that you know and um like I said if you've had a bad birth experience it's going to stay with you for the rest of your life. And some people get that opportunity to redeem it, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe another pregnancy or something like that, but some do not. And so having that system in place prior to that is Mm -hmm. going to help. Maybe nothing happens. Great. But you know what? If it did, you're going to be glad you had somebody there that you could rely on. And that was supportive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the birth also really affects the baby and the baby's Mm -hmm. um the foundation that you set for your relationship with your baby Mm -hmm. and the way the baby comes into this world Mm -hmm. there's all these tiny little things that i feel really affect um both of your lives going forward yeah so it's it's important to try to have even if it's not a super positive experience where you at least you feel supported Mm -hmm. and you know that 
your team did the best for you, even though the birth didn't go exactly according to plan, right, right. you know, because you're going to have like less tension and your baby's going to feel I'm all I'm sure you have heard of birth plan, right? Write yeah. your birth plan, do all right. that stuff. We like to call it birth goals, yeah. right? Because if a plan sometimes goes off. Yeah. <laughs> so we call it, what are your goals for birth? You know, right. we're going to focus on the goals. Doesn't mean that that's always going to be how it turns out, mm-hmm. but that's what we're going to focus on. So that's what we usually yeah. call ours yeah going. that's a better way to to um to address that birth goals I like and that. there's a lot of things coming out right now about uh generational trauma have you heard mm-hmm. anything about that no, that's a whole another subject yeah. but you know just being like pregnant your grandmother pregnant with your mom and technically you're in your mom's ovaries because eggs are there from oh, the birth right. and there's yeah. a lot of that and it makes total sense so again these are things we are not even putting our head around right. but it makes a difference in how we're raised and yeah. how we function as babies toddlers kids yeah. teenagers all of it so. yeah i actually um did hear something about that um, just last week but it wasn't specifically related to birth it was related to health and mm-hmm. how your health was determined like when you were an egg and your mother's ovaries mm-hmm. and like it was mind-blowing to me yeah and I haven't heard much about it but last week I did hear a, a little bit I don't remember if it was like a documentary or a paper because I'm always reading and watching mm-hmm. all these, these <laughs> medical things uh, but I found it fascinating yes um okay so and what's, scary yeah it's, <laughs> right. a, it's a little bit scary but uh-huh. it's good that we have that information it's yes. the more educated that we are and that's the, what i'm saying we are changing yeah. there's so much more coming out we're definitely nowhere near where we need to be but mm-hmm. things are changing and that's all we can ask for right yeah. now at this point yeah um so what's next for las las vegas baby co what's next for you guys i don't know if you ask my people they're like alicia's always coming up with something <laughs> <laughs> um my goal this year is to really focus on this new program I'm offering. I, that's a big deal to me. Again, I feel it's needed. There is no place for moms to go at yeah. this point. Um, and so I really want to provide them with that opportunity to be mm-hmm. able to. Um, and again, I love talking baby talk. So I will be sitting there most of those days just waiting to meet moms and babies and, you know, encouraging them and supporting them. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and just continuing on with the good team I have and, you know, doing the services we do. And I really want to book more childbirth education classes. So that's another focus of mine and get yeah. those, the community educated. So even if you don't hire a doula, mm-hmm. you should take a childbirth education yes. class. Yeah. That should yeah. be standard yes. in this process and not necessarily through the hospital mm-hmm. because they teach you how to be a good patient mm-hmm. and they're not really touching base on individualized things and, you know, certain things they just aren't they don't have the time to do that and so that's why I went to the private I really want to focus on their experience and prepare them for what they are going through Mm -hmm. um not just a general kind of a thing you know that's helpful but to have any of course um but if you can get one that's more personalized you're gonna get more out of it I think yeah Um, that's a really good point that you should take that class even if you're not going to have a doula or even if you're not going to have a home birth and you're just going to go to the hospital you're going to plan your even birth. if you're having a cesarean yeah even if you're having an epidural you still should have the education because yeah. i can't tell you how many people will say oh i don't need a doula i'm having an epidural and then i say well what if the epidural doesn't work yeah. and then they look at me like i'm crazy because they just assume that it's you just get work. the epidural yeah, no. and then it works and no. it's like no <laughs> i had to have two because the first one didn't uh-huh. work <laughs> so that's what i'm saying yeah um so then they like 
then I throw them for a loop, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. I can't even tell you the amount of people that I've said, um, well, you know, you're going to get a catheter when you get the epidural. And their face is like, what? <laughs> no, I did not know that. And yeah, then when I, I know s- that either. Right? No, I when I say, well, you can't walk, mm-hmm. then it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. But that's just something I didn't think about. And then think about that. Um, of what I was saying is if you weren't prepared for that and you went in and they're like, okay, we're going to put your catheter in and you weren't mentally prepared for that, it can change you. And if, you know, and there's so many factors, like maybe you've had sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something like that going on and now the stranger's touching you and there's things and, you know, it it triggers. So having the knowledge so you can prepare, okay, I'm going to have a catheter. I already know this. This is going to happen if I do this. And for some women like me, I was more afraid of, the catheter and the needle mm-hmm. <laughs> in my yeah. back yeah. than I was of giving birth. Right. Again, I had fast labor, so who knows what would have come 30 hours later. Right. But that was more like, yeah. I don't know if I want to do that part of it. That freaks me out. Right. So there's, you know, people like that too. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to be prepared just yeah. in case. I think especially with birth, you don't know what you don't know. So Mm -hmm. you need to be open to all the education Mm -hmm. and just learn as much as you can. You're never going to be fully prepared, but you're going to, you're going to be as prepared as you can be. And you're going to have some support there to help you with the things that you don't Mm -hmm. know about. So Mm -hmm. again, education, I mean, for really anything in life, educate yourself as much as you can. I told you (laughs) I'm a forever student, so I'm all about the education. Yes. Yes. That is big to me. All right. And my last question that I ask everybody that's on uh, this podcast is what inspires you? The thing that inspire, inspires me the most is women that support women. Yes. I, I love that answer. Yeah. I, and, and unfortunately, it doesn't happen as often as it needs to. Yeah. Which, again, is why I have a team of supportive women so we all have that security and yeah. because it, it inspires us all, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but that... I, you know, I try and go to women events when I can and just, you know, talk about what I do, but not only just listen to what they do like that. And I always leave those events feeling good, yeah, like really good. Yeah. And so I need more of that in my life. Unfortunately, a lot of my good friends are moving out of Las Vegas. So I'm like, how do you find friends at 45 years old? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I need new friends. Like, yeah. how do I do that? That's like a whole other podcast topic too, because <laughs> right. that's, that's a tricky situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very. So, um, just when I get around strong women that are secure in themselves yeah I get so inspired by that it because I'm very secure in myself and my mm-hmm. life and I you know I'm comfortable in all of that mm-hmm. and I think people around me feel that mm-hmm. and I like to feel that too by yeah. them so that's very inspiring to me yeah oh my gosh I love I really love that answer I definitely agree with you we need more of that mm-hmm. there is um especially with like moms I feel like there's a lot of um judging and yes. you think that as a mom talking to another mom that they're going to know they're going to be able to relate and have no judgment but that's not always the case no and that's another reason why i'm creating this space with the membership programs because i want us all to get together and inspire each other yeah like help each other encourage each other cry yeah laugh whatever that is like let's just get it out and let's be real and raw and like you know and and we're going to get more accomplished if we're that yeah instead of hiding and feeling insecure and all that type of stuff i want you to have a good motherhood experience I don't want you to look back and wish you would have done something different yeah and not that you that won't happen but yeah we're trying to save it from happening a whole bunch (laughs) kind of a thing and so that's why I'm I'm scared 
and excited for this new thing you know yeah. no one's really doing it no one's touched on it no here especially but it's it, a few places around the United States have you know I didn't just think of this on my own I have re- done my research right. but it's new it's yeah. new to our community no one's gonna see that it's gonna take a minute yeah finding the value in what we're gonna offer and those type of things but I think in the long term it's gonna be so beneficial oh, to our new moms here in Anything town that we do to invest in mothers because mm-hmm. they are creating and raising this future citizens of this world in yes. our, in our, of our, our country and our, our world collectively is going to be a good thing so yes. we need more investment in, in mothers and children yes and so, I want to invest in them so yeah. I'm all about that so thank you so much for talking to me today you're and welcome thank you for having me everything that you're doing too it's amazing work and I can't wait to share it with everybody yay <laughs> alright thank you Alicia you're welcome thank you 